This episode of our This Week in XR podcast is sponsored by Zapper. Zapper is one of the world's leading XR companies. Over the past 12 years, they've won numerous awards for memorable campaigns. They've democratized AR by making tools and SDKs that anyone can use. And they created Zapbox, the world's most affordable mixed reality headset. Most recently, Zapper worked with Unilever to create an enhanced QR code called Accessible QR, which enables packaged goods to speak to the blind and partially sighted. If you're thinking XR, give the team at Zapper a call or visit Zapper.com to see how they can help you on your XR journey. Good morning, everybody. I'm Charlie Fink, and I'm here with Ted Chilowitz with This Week in XR. It is March 1st, 2024, and although we don't have Roni, we have a great show today. We're doing our South by Southwest curtain raiser with Hugh Forrest, the head of programming, and Blake Kammerdiener, who puts together this spectacular XR exhibition every single year. I'm yeah. really looking forward to the show. Yeah, Roni's on a road trip today. You and I are heading out end of this week to Austin for... What is what? Uh, would you say it's your favorite trade event of the year? Yes. I don't know. Even it's cultural event. Yes. Of the year. It's not really a trade yes. event. It's a cultural event. Yes. One hundred percent. As much and, as I like AWE, AWE is very specific. So I would say AWE and this are the one two for me. Yeah. Because there's nothing like AWE because there's nobody else there. It, it's all us. It's all us. Uh, it's people like us. And this is like the opposite. Right. There's just a little of our stuff here. It's really the bigger ideas about society and culture and how that is affected by technology, which is obviously also part of our topic, but much, much bigger because it's really about what are we doing to ourselves and the world. Yeah. I can tell you my one, like we all have these moments in life, right? Where you remember where you are and what you were doing. And I remember very distinctly now, it's like four years ago when the whole sort of COVID sort of dynamic was all crumbling around us and trade shows were starting to get canceled. And South by Southwest, we all went to Sundance. A lot of us got sick at Sundance, didn't know what it was. My assistant got sick at Sundance, thought we had the flu. And clearly it wasn't the flu, it was COVID, but we didn't know at that point. And then here comes South by Southwest and five, 600,000 people go to this event over the course of two and a half, three weeks. And there was all these conversations. Well, there's no way they're canceling South by Southwest. Like, it drives the economy of Austin for the year. They don't cancel that show. And then there was this period of time where it was like, oh, maybe they're actually going to cancel it. And we cancel it. And then, and then all the other dominoes fell after that when the, the city of Austin basically had to intervene and say, it's too dangerous. Like, we don't right. know what's going on here. We have to cancel it. And we were all like, wow, this is a big, that was my moment I remember where that. I realized this is a big deal. This COVID thing is a big deal. They canceled South by Southwest. For me, it was March 5th, 2020, where the university where I work went completely remote. Yeah. I mean, interesting from some of our listeners, if you remember your COVID realization moment where you realize, <laughs> holy, holy crap, this is a big fucking deal. We've got a problem here. For me, it was they canceled South by Southwest and I wasn't going to give a talk and I wasn't going to be there in person. And then everything else fell apart for the next few years until we recovered from it all. Anyway, so all right. So let's hit, let's hit let's hit the news. Let's hit yeah. the news. MWC Mobile World Congress was mm -hmm. in Barcelona. They, of course, were showing off mobile phone breakthroughs, foldables, wearables, sensors. All the usual suspects were there, including Xreal, of course, yep. and uh, some other XR companies were making announcements there. 
So the most notable one was Deutsche Telekom gave a closer look at its AI phone. This and, is the thing, is the AI <laughs> chip that, and there was some Qualcomm announcements about their AI chip that is now all <laughs> embedded into every possible device. So the next wave of AI is upon us already, apparently. So here's a really big AI story, in case you missed it. Figure AI, the company that makes humanoid robots or is trying to make humanoid robots, pulls in $675 million from the biggest companies in the world, starting with NVIDIA, but they got Microsoft, OpenAI, ARK Investments, Intel Capital. It's just like a who's the only people missing are a Google and Meta. Okay, Charlie, here's the question. Is a little over half a billion enough to create Skynet and... Did we just set it afloat, set it on its path? So they say the humanoid robots are going to be optimized for doing undesirable menial tasks. Yeah. That is true at first. But then comes the defense industry. The industry, right? Um, but defense has deep pockets, so they're going to be the first target. Right. And then, of course, industry will catch up quickly thereafter. But they're the ones who will buy the robots for $2 million, $4 million each. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, in, let's say, the construction trade, it would have to be hundreds of thousands of dollars instead. But you can see it could also do desirable jobs, like high-paying construction jobs. And, of course, that's not going to stop us from rushing headlong into the technology. But uh, the unintended consequences of this one are quite clear. And I've made this point for many years about when we talk about robotics, what we're really talking about is system machinery, right? That we have used robotics for generations and generations now. Farmers use certain forms of robotics. A tractor is basically something that enables a farmer to do more work with less humans, right? Field, fields don't have to be dug up by hand and planted by hand and so on. We've just evolved that and evolved that. We've evolved that into almost every industry. I also noticed that Amazon now has a specific innovation fund that is targeted to young entrepreneurial companies that are working on the robotic human equation. Essentially, they are raising capital to deploy that capital specifically to remove more human functionality. And they very much make the right point is these are the jobs that not a lot of people want. They don't want to do these repetitive menial jobs of picking stuff in warehouses and... and Understood. They're not particularly great jobs, but But they're still jobs, right? People need them. There's still jobs, yeah. Uh, those unemployed people are going to become the responsibility of you and me. Yeah, it'll become a point where, again, we'll start to have the discussion about universal basic income. I think we should probably do a whole show on the concept of universal basic income and larger technology companies that have been built on the backs of our tax base and our public resources that are now the most powerful privatized companies in the world, which is fine for believing in capitalism that works. But at some point, you start to shift the scale so much that what we're seeing culturally happen is now happening. It's way too long for us to talk about today. You've got no. six other stories. But we should do a whole show on UBI. And Roni, of course, just texted us from the road saying, terminate. <laughs> Again, the defense application is clear. That is a, going into a combat zone, undesirable job. Yeah. And we already have little robots that do that. There are little funky little micro robots that are controlled by remote control. We use drones constantly for everything. Thank you. We use drones everywhere. There was a house being demolished a couple of doors down from me. 
and they had a, a very high-end professional drone filming the whole thing so they could actually assess what was going on. They had a drone specialist out there with his little monitor. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So there was another big fundraise this week, Ideogram, yeah. which is going to compete with the text-to-image. There are so many text-to-image generation yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, applications, both on the web and also on GitHub. MidJourney is the leader. And Ideogram, you can try it on the web for free right now, is quite good. So even if you don't feel like you're a big AI head, just go over to Ideogram and, and give it a try. And my my go-to default prompt when I just want to see what an app can do is a spaceship landing in the jungle. Not particularly something that I want to see, but I want to see compare apples to apples across all the image generators. Yeah. And it really hit the nail on the head. I put a picture of it in the column. This is impressive stuff. So I think with this funding, they may give Midjourney, Pika, and Runway another competitor. It's backed by Andreessen. They have very deep pockets and they have a huge network. So that is not a small thing, that name. Here's a little, here's a little sort of spicy nugget for all of us to think about. Every time you do a prompt like that, what do you think it actually costs in compute power? Is it 12 cents? Is it $1.50? Is it $18? All these things are being funded by these massive fundable agencies that are putting billions and billions of dollars on this change in how we use compute. But what people don't talk about a lot is that ain't free. Every time you type in, I want to see Charlie Fink on the cover of Forbes in a way that he looks like Magellan. And there's a cost <laughs> to that, right? This, it's, yes. Computing ain't free, right? It's There's somebody, there, there's power running, there's cycles running, there's server farms doing their thing. Does anybody do any analysis on what it costs for the hundreds of billions of prompts every second? that are running around the planet. Certainly, NVIDIA seems to be doing quite well uh, in the valuation because of it, because it costs compute stuff, and people have invested in a lot of compute stuff. So I'm curious. That's another thing we just don't talk about, is what does it actually cost? Yeah, I've wondered about that myself. So our friends at DreamWorks have shut their doors for good. Goodbye, DreamWorks. Hello, Dreamscape Learn. So they're going to focus on their joint venture. Oh, yeah, not DreamWorks, Dreamscape. You, you, I'm sorry, Dreamscape. Sorry. I think you, I think sorry. you just freaked everybody I, out I, 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 I make that faux pas often. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're talking about Dreamscape, the location-based VR company. This was Walter Park's vision uh, of yes. bringing a new sort of form of Disney-esque entertainment, which they did quite well at. It was we had great. Walter on the show a few times. He's great. great. Visionary. But just like Ken Brenschneider and, and The Void and all the others, these things... It's hard to make these things a business sustainable. Uh, because <laughs> because of, you can only put so many people in it per hour and dwell time is, and there's only so many periods of time during a week, just like movie theaters. Right, that exactly. Draw a lot of people. And movie the theaters can be empty on Tuesday and do quite well and make yep. up for it on Saturday because they have flexible. Because they have a lot of seats. seats. Right. So anyway, the other thing, we should talk about specifically on our show is the departure of Hugo Swart from Qualcomm. Yeah, sure. Big news. He's a lovely guy. He was an advocate for the entire industry. Qualcomm has been generous with the industry. So he will be missed. He built that division. He was a 20-year veteran of Samsung, of, of Qualcomm. Of Qualcomm, yeah. And Qualcomm, we talked about many times, is the hidden story of XR, right? Because other than Apple and Magic Leap, they power the entire wearable XR industry. They power all the MetaQuest headsets, uh, all anything that, that requires a mobile headset chipset. Anything that is not an Apple headset yeah. is run by essentially Android and 
Qualcomm. It's uh, run by that XR chipset. Yeah. So it's, it's ubiquitous. Important. There are other news stories, but I see that Blake has is in the green room. So okay, let's so not let him wait. Talk a little Austin. Exactly. There he is. Hey, Blake. Hello, gentlemen. Good to see you. Great to see you again. It seems like minutes ago that you were here. Uh, we were together in Austin talking about last year's show. I am so ready for it to be here again. I'm so ready for y'all to be joining us. There's a, there's some Texas. Yeah. One was, week away. One week away. I so can Blake, taste oh, the barbecue. Wait, before we get going into what's going to happen this year, Charlie and I were reflecting on South by Southwest was absolutely my moment when I realized COVID was going to be a big deal four years ago and Austin effectively closed South by Southwest. Where were you? Give us a little, tell us with the story from the inside of what was going on uh, in 2020 when you realized, oh, we're going to close it down. It was a really tough transition because as the weeks before that actually happened came, we started getting bombarded from all sides. And so it's at that time, the show was still going on. Sure. And so we're working night and day prepping for this show that has to happen as things are dropping off. People are like, I can't travel. Like all of this happening, we're like, we're, we, we still have a show to put on. And so it was definitely like a show must go on mentality at first. And then as it started to escalate, and then we realized that, and then we were waiting uh, to see what the city was going to do, because we were hearing that, oh, the city's going to be having meetings and all of this. And then it was like everybody was just sitting on pins and needles when we heard that they were going to have this meeting, waiting on in the office. Everybody just sitting, waiting. And this was literally the day we were moving in to the convention center. Like we were already in, in the process. And then the city announced that they were going to be closing everything Shut off and it was just like, uh, and we were off the following year too. No, you got a double. You got a double. Yeah, because they almost tried to bring it back, and then they were like, "No, it's not going to happen." Yeah. So for yes. me and Charlie, it was like, "I guess we're not going to Austin." For you, it was massive <laughs> drama. Like you're like, "Oh, it's just okay." How do you even like? How do you number one process this? Then how do you like close it back down? And then what do we do for all of these um, creators that were like counting on us? to show their work at this time. Right. And so that's when we went into the mode of, okay, what are we going to do next? We started doing, figuring out, we did an Amazon showcase for some films. We did a meta showcase for some XR projects. And we started doing some sessions online and things like that. But that took a long time. You moved into a version of our least favorite word these days. You moved into a version of the metaverse for a couple of years because you were tuned up to do it. These were immersive projects that could be seen remotely. We lose the in-person social aspect. So be it. And now here and we are. 2024. Like, the, those three projects really had an amazing time, actually. Like, it was really good for the considering. The, you know. uh, well, what I remember was notable is after two years when we got together, so it had effectively been three years, mm -hmm. the XR experiences that year were so good. Yeah. You had a lot of time to work on this stuff. I felt the same way. It was like, and everybody coming back because South, they came back together for the first time. Like, all of this, all it felt I loved it oh, like you could just feel it everywhere you went yeah and the yeah. energy because it this kind of thing right the three of us and all of our buddies all hang out because we have this shared belief structure of the future of entertainment and it's fascinating all right mm. flash forward now 2024 wait one question wait, about the past what Blake, is Blake have you been doing the XR exhibition since the beginning was that 2015 or 16 yeah I actually so I started the exhibition in the 2016 event for it in 2015 Hugh Forrest said that we were like have all this content where let's do a 
VR, AR track in the conference. I need a team. And I was like, I'm on that. Did this, that, the conference sessions as a team. And at that same time, I was like, we have to show content. And so then they gave me this tiny little room. And in this tiny little room, we had Lonnie De La Pena, Chris Milk. It was very, all the pioneers. Yeah, several great. other like independent working. And it was real, this tiny little microcosm of now today. And that was in the Hilton. And this literally it was like a 30 by 40 room where we packed as many headsets as we could, which was like 10 or 12. Or yeah, because... And it was hard back then. Computers that barely worked, headsets that barely worked, trackers and... all competing with each other. Just all kinds of gaps. multiple vibes in the same room, and we didn't know that it didn't work that way. And it was like we were figuring out how more vibes. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was super, super hard. hard. All right, yeah. so let's amazing. get let's move on to the FOMO part of the interview and uh, talk about uh, what we're going to see down there this year. It this I feel is a really exciting year. We have a lot of amazing people speaking, and then projects being shown, and we've expanded a little bit across the Fairmont floors. Three, four, and five are all going to have content to see, as well as like lounges and spaces to meet. It's going to be a lot of fun. The conference, let's talk a little bit about, let's see, XR and the Age of Vision Pro. I don't know. Have y'all mentioned that yet? We actually did not. this week. We did did not pimp our own own featured panel. Uh, Now we have amazing. Joanna Popper is joining us. She had to replace Jerry Ellsworth at the last minute. Thank you, Joanna and Jerry Ellsworth. We will miss you but we will have you back on the show soon. We're going to be talking about not just the Vision Pro, but what is the vision? So the Vision Pro is a step, but what is the direction, right? Because now that AI is in the conversation, it may be that we're going to skip the displays and go straight to wearable AI combined with sensors. So it's an exciting moment because we don't know where this is going. There's so much convergence. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. It, it is a space where all of these new techs converge. And I, I think that's what's always excited me about it, about the immersive industry in general, is it's it's really this like home for new technology to come together. Right. Great. <clears throat> so who, what specifically... Are we looking at which ones are we getting in line for? I know all of them, but uh, why don't you share just a few uh, descriptions without favoring anyone, if you can, of the well things you're really the, excited about. Like, yeah, things you're, then, like, it, you're really motivated that like people need to see that this is a, a groundbreaking work that people that work in the XR industry, like Charlie and I and you, need to see, and hopefully it goes wider. Hopefully more people will see it outside of South by. Yeah, absolutely. So really excited. Eliza McNitt, who from Spheres, yeah. 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 Her follow-up is going to be with us, Astra, which is yeah. going to a very exciting mixed reality project, more narrative-driven, still space-inspired, and that's going to be very exciting. Super excited for people to see that. Chief is going to be the first project that we'll be showing on the Vision Pro about leaders in the Native world or in the Native community. So we're going to have it interviews some chiefs, chieftains, chief women who are really like leading in in certain tribes based mainly in the California region. It's bought by Catherine Ang and Kill Latin, who they had Choctaw Code Talkers with us two years right. ago. So let's, so let's pause for a minute because this is the first mention I've heard of a, an event that is going to use the Apple Vision Pro in a public setting because... For those of, that are, those of us that are using it, you understand it's a fairly personal device. It's de- designed 
not to be an LBE type device. It requires resizing your uh, eyes. It does a little program. You have to push a button and touch these little buttons. Now there's a, a modified guest mode where you don't have to do that if you're not actually interacting with the screen. So I guess we'll see how it does. I think we'll a lot of people it. will just be queued up to see it because they haven't had the, a chance to put their head in one yet, uh, regardless of the content. Which, but I'm honestly, fascinated to see how that does. Uh, it'll be. It'll be popular for then it'll they'll get to see this amazing content on top of it. We've been chatting. There's been tests going on about how to move people through in a public space. So it is, that's going to be part of the great experiment, and I'm very excited to see. Yeah, it. it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I, I would yeah. say for our listeners who are going and haven't been at the XR exhibition, you have to understand that there is limited throughput. There's only so many people who are going to go through these experiences. And if you wander in there at 2.30 in the afternoon, chances are you won't be one of them. Yeah. So well, you if you're real, you got to get there early. It, it takes a while to go through a dozen or two dozen uh, experiences. There are a lot of people who want to do it. It's really desirable. And there are hundreds of thousands of people at South by Southwest. So make of that what you will. But people are often disappointed because they didn't organize their time at South by Southwest being mindful of this particular limitation. Now, one thing that I am excited about, actually, with regards to that, is we have several screen-based projects this year with that oh. we're going to have a much easier through. Yes. And a lot of that is, is going to be projects that were either built with AI or use generative AI in the project itself, right? The Golden Key will be an example. It's by Mark DaCosta and Matthew Niederhauser from the Onyx Studios. And it is a large screen. It's a story around trickster gods. And then there's multiple set uh, a computer setup that people can go in and interact with, help write and change the story. And with generative AI, it's going to naturally bring what the group has put in the group input into that story and it i'm very excited to see this happen um we'll be also showing by the by these two um tulpamancer which was very popular at venice which is again using generative ai but here you go personally go sit down at a computer answer some questions and then it creates uh, a bespoke experience for you using generative ai some exciting stuff there as well and we'll be able to get some more throughput we have on the fourth floor we have three projects in our special event category that are all screen based and so it, it's like you'll be able to get like no matter what when you go in you're going to be able to see something that's great great to hear that so Charlie yes. and I and all our best friends will have uh, plenty of things to do over the next week. Yeah. There's like lounges on each floor. Meta is here. They're our XR track sponsor, which is very exciting. They'll have a lounge on the fourth floor as well. Then we're going to have the UK, Quebec, and Canada. They're on the third and fifth floor in, in different spaces, showing off immersive work from around their regions and areas. It's going to be busy. It's going to be exciting. There's a lot of stuff to do. That's great. That is how many how many exhibitors are there and how many of those exhibitors are in competition? Yes. So we have 36 projects this year. We have 14 in competition. Those are all world premieres. We have one that is not in the Fairmont at all. It's called Eclipsing, and it's going to be a audio AR sound walk that starts at the Long Center, goes around our walking trail and back around. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well and wristband absolutely so they're doing their showcase again they're building upon what they've done the last two years making it bigger and better it'll be on monday night at the palm door on sixth street and that's going to be another super exciting showcase with a lot of different 
types of immersive art happening and a lot of different bands doing a lot of cool stuff. That's great. Gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, that's our friend Ann McKinnon, a terrific entrepreneur who we have watched grow from being a young student writer into a full-fledged entrepreneur. She's joined with a musician and a visionary guy named Roman Rapak, who uh, is a musician and a composer who is from Paris. And yeah. they've created, uh, there may even be a way, uh, and we'll let you guys know, there may be a way for you to even dial into a portion of this from home because they're working on doing a combined metaverse, live music, like, you know, location-based VR experience. So it really is very unique, very creative. And again, a one-of-a-kind at South by Southwest. You know, I met, I met Roman right before the pandemic in 2019, and we were literally prepped to do the first show with them in 2020, since we were speaking about the 2020 yeah. show beforehand. And I was just like, because I was just talking to him, and they were just like, my mind was just like blown. And I was like, this is exactly the type of things that we need to be seeing musicians do that like by embracing immersive art and immersive work. And I was just like, and back then they were using the gear VR. They had <laughs> That's right. That, that was, was the amazing. first show. Yeah. Yeah. They've been working with HTC, which is great. They have that technology support and HTC is the location-based VR company, uh, or at least the company that has always cared about it. Yeah. So I see Hugh is here. So let's bring Hugh in and we'll talk about some more of the programming. Bigger, bigger scope of uh, beyond just XR, right? You're in charge of the Absolutely. Whole, whole thing. Um, yeah, we only talked about the one panel, but there are other ones. Roni's doing one the day before with Roni's doing one the day before with Richard Taylor about yeah. his film and music projects. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Also, Anne McKinnon, she's on one with Robin McNichols from Marshmallow Laser Feast about merging music and gaming. It's yeah, they do very cool stuff every year too. Hugh, welcome. Great to see you. Hey, Charlie. It's great to be here. Happy, happy, almost South by Southwest. This is this must be the week of extreme madness in Austin as you start to put together one of the biggest shows in the world. It's been fairly extreme for a few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting a little more, but all good. It looks so like you have. Sorry, go ahead, Ted. But if you just give us a little background on your role at the festival, your take on the festival, your inspiration behind it. I'm sure our listeners are very curious as to where you fit into this very large picture of what defines uh, much of Austin every year. My, my titles, combined titles now are Chief Programming Officer and Co-President. The Chief Programming Officer uh, means that I oversee a lot of people like Blake who understand this stuff a lot better than I but tell him to get his stuff in on deadline. That's about the, the extent of my understanding of this. I've been at South by Southwest for more than 30 years. So I've seen it grow from a fairly small event that only focused on music to something that is much bigger and focuses still on a lot on music, but film, technology, food, fashion, transportation, healthcare, social media, all kinds of different verticals. As much as we've changed and pivoted over those 30, 35 years, the North Star has always been massive creativity. That's always the, the, the thing that unifies everything, all the content and this belief that together different kinds of creative people from different industries in ones in a city that always has cultivated and celebrated creativity leads to some really neat opportunities and really great outcomes. Yeah, I would say that 
by far Southwest, South by Southwest is the most open-minded festival environment I've ever been to in terms of if it's interesting and creative and entertaining, it fits at South by Southwest without restriction. That's always been what was so interesting to me is it's, it cross-populates so many different, both creative creators and audiences because everybody's there to find something new and interesting, not to stay in their own lane. It's all about getting out of your comfort zone and seeing something interesting, which is why Blake and I became very close friends over the years because he was driving that part of this open-mindedness about entertainment that I think a lot of other festivals picked up on and realized that movies and television and music traditionally isn't just what a festival is about. It's about new things and new ways to explore entertainment. So good on you. We're, we're, we love it and it's important for us. Good. And, and you say it very well. It's, it's encouraging people to get their comfort zones and, and go to sessions, nothing about go to uh, networking events where you don't know people, ditch your friends for a week. Yeah. Uh, you'll make the most out of the event if you do that. You've also brought some unbelievably well-known people to South by. <laughs> and in 30 years, do you particularly have some highlights? I, I can tell you interesting highlights for me, AOC, Hillary Clinton, et cetera. But what were some of yours, maybe both of you, Blake and, and Hugh, things you were like, I can't believe we have this woman or this man or this group showing up in Austin to do this? What were the things that you just you were like, blew your mind? Go for it, Blake. Can I steal your thunder? Obama. Obama. Oh, man. Mind-blowing, right? It's absolutely mind-blowing. As as a sitting president, he's just... Shows up at South by, baby. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blake is stealing my thunder on that one, but lots of interesting backstories there, not the least of which is we've been working on there trying to get Obama to come to South by Southwest for several years. So that was the culmination of that. Ended up that Michelle Obama uh, tagged along also, but that one was put together three weeks. Yeah. That's the difference between the bureaucracy for the, for the president versus the first lady. And she was phenomenal also. So it was a really special year to have both of them involved. But I, I think that similar to the experience that you all probably had at the event, it, it's great to uh, have these big name speakers and, and uh, big name bands, big name filmmakers. But inevitably, the, the best connection or the most productive connection or the most inspiring thing is something you didn't expect at all. You stumbled into, wow, that completely blew me away. And it leads to some great opportunity down the road. And I think that's what we specialize in. Charlie, did you have any, do you have any like standouts for you that were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this guy's, this woman's coming to South by. Hey, you. <laughs> You're asking me about, oh my, man, I, it's 30 years. I think I've been to South by maybe seven or eight times in, in that those 30 years. I went very early when it was a music thing and mostly because I was traveling for business. Uh, and I love music, but it wasn't really, I really wasn't drawn back until the XR thing started. And then of course you rediscover the entire show. And so the headline to my story, my roundup of South by Southwest last year was the incredible serendipity of South by Southwest. And you have FOMO no matter what you decide to do. You go to lunch with a friend instead of going to a panel and it turns yeah, out to be something the best panel of the show. Or you go to the panel and not with the friend and you miss connecting with them because you're both so busy doing things. So it's just it's, it's a bit chaotic for that reason. But that serendipity, I ran into Paul Raphael from Felix and Paul. He gave me an early look on the magic leap that is the recently released title. And so it's just 
that's so exciting. You really, you plan and you plan, but you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. For me, the serendipity moment a couple years back was Beto O'Rourke going to see Beto. Let's just go. We don't, we can have lunch later and we'll see what he says. It was so inspirational. It was unbelievable. And you're like, why isn't this guy running the country? He's so bad. <laughs> Uh, well, remember, and, there are many things that trend at South by Southwest that don't st- trend in the mainstream. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's well, been one of them. Right? It definitely trended for me. And the <laughs> other an incredible moment, was it last year or the year before? The, the Beastie Boys documentary and the two that are still remaining came and talked. And it was so oh. unbelievable, culturally unbelievable. Those are Absolutely. just standouts for me. They they made it they made an HBO special out of that. Yeah, it was a, it was a doc. And that's right. And then they actually filmed it at South by and showed... The interaction was fantastic. Yes. It was great. But you, so let's talk about this year. So all of that's the past. Yeah. We love this show, but let's talk about this year. Who did you get this year for us? Who did we get? I don't know. Name a, you've got to drill down, name a vertical and, and we can talk about who we got. Well, pol- politics. Politics. One of the ones we're excited about. I think this falls into politics. Our Hall of Fame honoree for 2024 is Marguerite Bestiger, who is the uh, European Digital Commissioner for Fairness. She will also be uh, doing a session, and she is very, very diligent on regulating big tech, and uh, particularly that's pushed now into AI. So really excited to have her involved, really excited to have Lena Khan at the event this year. Uh, I think that's another one that falls into this politics bucket. It is an election year, although I think you've heard that maybe somewhere along the line. Yes, someone may have mentioned uh, it. Yeah, I'm like four years ago, right? Or was eight years ago when we had the a bunch of presidential candidates. This year, there's not a bunch of presidential candidates out there. So we don't have that this year. But I'm sure that the election will be a big um, point of discussion, um, particularly in a lot of the AI-related sessions about how misinformation, deep fakes, AI-generated robocalls, things like that yeah. will impact our voting patterns over the next eight months, right? Speaking, you're really leaning into AI, right? As a conference, you're not afraid of it. It's not spooking you guys. You are all about exploring what this might be culturally and economically, right? I, I don't think we can avoid it. I mean, there, we have a new AI track this year and yeah. a lot of content there, but a lot of content in about AI and every other track. How is AI impacting healthcare? How is it impacting filmmaking? How is it impacting music? It is simultaneously a... Uh, something very real that we all can sense is going to change our lives or is changing our lives now and will continue to be going forward. But it is also its own hype curve. And there are often the places, the place where hype curves go to play out as South by Southwest, right? Yeah, that's beer, right? We, we, so. What about uh, the technology category specifically? And uh, you mentioned healthcare earlier. So I'd love to hear what we're uh, in store, what's in store in those categories. Tech has a lot of, we don't have that much AI content within tech, the tech category. We have a separate track for that, but certainly a lot more quantum uh, stuff in the tech category this year. Quantum computing is certainly the next big hype wave coming down the, the uh, pipe. And, and uh, as much as I've read about it, I still don't quite understand it, except it's going to make everything go a lot faster, right? Um, we certainly have a lot in tech about about the need for rate. Um, more regulation, how that plays out, how that plays out in the U.S. There's uh, a lot of stuff in the tech uh, category also about 
uh, again, different tech hotspots around the world. In terms of the health and med tech track, which is we've been doing for a couple of years and is very popular, again, a lot of AI-related content there, a lot of patient-focused uh, care uh, content. We're also doing a lot there, or a uh, degree there about CRISPR and other gene editing technologies, and a lot about this continued idea that big tech or tech is going to reinvent healthcare. And we've seen some of that play out, although probably not in the ways that we initially thought it would, right? Interesting. So the, the bottom line is, if it's a human endeavor in some way, shape, or form, it shows up in some fashion at South by. Uh, I, I think you can you can find almost anything on our schedule. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys added, you've always had flat stock which is the poster and graphic arts show, which comes uh, at the end of the first week. And you have the convention, we didn't even mention the convention center floor, where it's as opposed to an XR event or just a tech event, it's a everything event. Music people there, technology people there, tech people with um, health tech there. Yeah, and I think the CIA shows up. Like the, the CIA. Yeah, yes, and you get a lot of state States representing, trying yeah. to get yeah. film and music. And it's just, it's so much fun to walk through there and see all the different people trying to get some attention for their projects. Yeah, certainly one of the things I'm proud of, very proud of, is that the international participation in Southwest Southwest continues to grow. We're at about 30% of our badge holders are from outside the U.S. It's one of the few times that you actually hear different languages on the street in Austin, Texas. And in a 2023, 20, when in many ways we're becoming more nationalistic, it is great to, to have an event that celebrates the power of technology around the world and allows those people allows people to make global connections as opposed to simply connections from people in the U.S. It's, it's also interesting that Brazil is, is, again, our biggest country outside of the U.S. For many years, the U.K. was the biggest country representing, and then Brexit very much changed how that worked, right? There are a lot of houses and secondary events around Austin, Red River Street, notably people, countries. Brazil has a, a, Australian has one. Canada, of course, has a big one every year. They put on their own little panels. They have, I say little just because the venues aren't that big, not that the panels are little. Many of the panels are quite notable and consistent with the South by Southwest aesthetic. But those are things that people can do without buying a $1,000 badge. So there are a lot of South by Southwest uh, events that don't actually require require a, a badge, although most do. Right. The other thing I was going to ask you about, which we don't cover that much, but I am very curious since I'm going to be there, I wanted to ask about the film side specifically because that overlaps the uh, a bit of the technology track that I am there for specifically. I wonder if we could talk about that for just a few minutes because we usually ignore that on our show, but now we have some. <laughs> Now we have experts to tell us a little bit more about it. A lot of people go jump for the film festival. Yeah, and just to frame it up before you guys dive in, it is one of the major launch events for the major studios every year to bring a movie to the Paramount Theater. It's usually got a very robust and excited audience. Steven Spielberg brought 2018, baby. 2018, we were there for the sneak of Ready Player One. Ready Player One, right? There are moments every year. And there'll probably be some big ones this year. So I'll let you guys talk about that for a second. Go for it, Blake. All right. So, yeah, the Film Festival, we actually runs the entire length of the event. We start the first Friday. We run through the last Saturday. 
We have premieres across 16 screens, I believe. And I think we have, I think it was 75% our first time filmmakers or our first feature films of, across our feature film category. So we're really looking to discover new talent and bring new talent to the world. So then with that, then we have an amazing short film program where, so if you think of every, everywhere, everybody, everything, everywhere, all at once, the Daniels, those filmmakers, we've been playing those, their music videos for over a decade, right? And then we got to premiere everything everywhere all at once and then they went on to win Oscars and then this year they're going to be coming back to do a keynote so it's it's really wonderful at the Paramount Theater this year we're, we're really excited to be closing off a block of Congress in front of it which will be new for everybody here in the community and new a uh, new setup for every everything I'm very excited but this year we just we have some amazing premieres uh, on, on the on the big and small side so we're gonna our opening night film is Roadhouse a reimagining of that feature film from back in the day with Jake Gyllenhaal. Perfect have... movie for South by. Everybody's going to have a great yeah, time. Yeah. We're going to have The Fall Guy. Um, let's see here. Civil War is going to be a new amazing project, which... Oh, uh, really? What is that? I can't wait to see that. It is in... It's go- it's going to blow everybody's mind. It's absolutely incredible. And that's that on the Thursday, Friday, the second Friday, right? The second Thursday. Second Thursday. So there's these premieres all through the event. Are, are we leaving before that, Charlie? Yes, Ted, we are. Uh, yes, we are. The extend the trip. Extend the trip. washing over me. We'll extend the trip a day. No problem. So this is, we're going to wrap up the show now. I know you have to go, Hugh. You've been very generous with your time. It's great to see you. And I'll look forward Good. to saying hi live and in person eight days from now. Thank you for having me on. It's, it's great to be here. I love the enthusiasm you guys have for the event and look forward to seeing you in Austin very soon. Have, have a great weekend. Safe travel, everybody. If you're in Austin, say hello. Be sure to come to our panel on the 12th. And uh, that's all the show we have for today. So thanks again. Thanks, y'all.